This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Backblaze Online Backup, a simple way to backup all your movies, photos, music, videos, and other data for just five bucks a month. You can access all your data online from wherever you are. Try it absolutely free by going to backblaze.com slash cpc. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Carly Mosley, and she talks to me about her love of A Wrinkle in Time. We spend a decent amount of time on the book, but we also do a lot of exploring of nostalgia, childhood, young adult fiction, kind of the themes that pop up a lot in this book and in others of an attachment to your parents and kind of like what that relationship looks like and what can happen when it's lost. And I loved it. I've been thinking a lot about this stuff because I've been revisiting a lot of young adult fiction and reading some new young adult fiction of late and some thoughts trickle in from my conversation with Unji Kim a few weeks ago about Anne of Green Gables because I think it's all super applicable to this conversation as well. Thank you so much for checking out the show. If you like this, I bet you would also like the improvised Star Trek, one of my favorite fellow shows in the Chicago podcast co-op. It is a fictionalized crew of Star Trek Federation members who week in and week out improvise new episodes. It's so joyful and weird and funny and smart that I think it weaves into this conversation and discussion really nicely because it's very not afraid to be whimsical and to create these incredible stories and characters and relationships. So I think it makes sense to visit that. Once you've taken in this convo, if you would like to see a live show of some sort, you can check out the Fishbowl at the Annoyance Theater every Thursday night at 930 for some improv from my team, Sight Unseen, to close out the night. But the real crux of the biscuit is the titular Fishbowl. Each week we invite Annoyance teachers, performing veterans, directors, etc., to come and perform with some of the students. So we pull student IDs uh, from the Annoyance and other theaters and universities out of a fishbowl to give them the opportunity to play with those veterans and performers. It's a delight. We do it each week, and I encourage anyone to dip in to catch some improv or to possibly get an opportunity to perform if you are looking for them. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Especially the first like three nights. It was like like I thought I was getting sick. <laughs> yeah. But I would wake up and feel great instead of waking up and feeling shitty, which is like also a new concept. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine once told me that it or your activity during the day is most and your energy is most impacted by like the night before. Oh. The most recent. So like 
Last night I slept for 12 hours. If the night before I'd only slept for six, I would wake up this morning feeling like I'd only slept for six. Right. That's it. Interesting. Who knows if that's Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that 40 hours of sleep, that thing, that could be. No, I believe you. I don't know. (laughs) Now I'm going to be my excuse for being like, I'm catching up on my debt. I'm still in debt. I'm still in debt. Yeah. I think I'm constantly in debt and I I don't, I just think I could probably sleep forever. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, dark. (laughs) Hey, dude, you doing okay? (laughs) My friend is unwell. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thank you for waking up and joining me. Oh, my God, I wouldn't be anywhere else. My lovely guest today is Carly Mosley. Hello. And we're mostly, I think we're going to frame this conversation around A Wrinkle in Time. I love that. And just kind of dance through some, you know, different wrinkles in time along the way (laughs) Cool. (laughs) so what would you say the origin of your love for this book is i mean i think it's really one i think it's just a really good book Mm -hmm. kind of objectively it's just a really good book but i read it when i was younger i read it when i was like i think in like second or third grade Mm -hmm. and i was i read like all the time it was like a huge uh very popular kid, ton of friends. Uh, no, I had a lot of free time and I really loved to read. And I remember once after I read it, I went to the library because I'd also just seen Matilda mm. where she and where she fills up her little wagon with books from the library. Yes. And this is like a window into what I thought was cool. I saw that scene and I remember being like, man, that bitch can do it all. <laughs> like, I like thought she was like this cool badass so I went to the library with the intention of like checking out a million books and like whatever and uh I got there and the librarian asked me what I had read recently and I told her a wrinkle in time and she was like oh you can read anything then (gasps) and I think it really made me feel like proud of myself wow yeah cool how empowering truly I was like oh cool like yeah that said for some reason I checked out the scarlet letter oof and I was like I think I was, like, nine, maybe. And I read, there's, like, the prologue or whatever, like, the custom house or something. It's, like, this, no one should read it, but, like, certainly not a nine-year-old. And I started (laughs) reading it, and I had, you know, it was, like, the kind that was, like, a hardcover book and, like, but it didn't have the jacket, so it just felt like this, like, scholarly thing. Yes. And I fucking hated it. Yeah, of course. And I returned it and probably got, like, I don't know, some comic book or something. More age appropriate. Um, yeah, like why, man? My one of my best friends is in a doctorate program for trying to like kind of improve and rewrite uh, English education. Cool. Because she taught high school English for like four years, and she was like, "This sucks. It's broken. No one wants to read the shit that's in this curriculum." Yeah. Because it's stuff like the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. You know, like what eighth grader wants to read the Scarlet Letter? No one. No one. No. So she's just like, she was superheroing it, you know, while she was still a, a teacher and trying to make all these really specific lesson plans and cater stuff to her students and just like working her ass off 
for you know so little thanks yes uh from most of her students or the the school district and then she was just like this is unsustainable i'm gonna go to school for this and so she's like very inspiring and that story in and of itself is just like such a good example of like a nine-year-old does not need to read the scarlet letter like you said probably no one does does a 14-year-old i mean i i remember reading that because yeah we read that in I don't know. I feel like it was like junior year of high school or something. Yeah. And like I, again, was the kid that was like, I will absolutely do all the reading no matter what. Right. Um, (laughs) Which will surprise no one. Uh, But But, hey, I mean, that's what writers are. Yeah. You know? I I tell myself that because it makes me feel better. (laughs) I don't think I... I'm here on the other side of this to tell you that I think it's founded. Especially a, a few weeks ago, I talked to Unji Kim about Anne of Green Gables. That is another book I fucking I had gobbled a feeling. Up. I had a feeling. And listening to her talk about it was just like, oh, so that's how that's why and why you, you became a writer. <laughs> that's why you're the person that you yes. are. I mean, I wrote like, I didn't know it at the time, but like, I would write like fan fiction for mm. these books I was reading. Yes. And I, it was... I mean, it was just what I love to do. I did it all the time. I wish I had. I wish so badly I had like kept, you know, any of it. Any of it. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't tell you where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wrote this. I forget what book I had just read, but some like adventure book because I also was really into all of the Oz books, mm. like Patchwork Girl of Oz, and like very um, good companion for that uh, truly time quintet. Yes, yes, really though, and like. <laughs> The, the layout of or the plot of all those books is the same. It's just different characters, which I'm as a kid, I think I loved that it was like kind of reliable and like, sure, you know, there like there'd be a problem like someone would arrive to fix it and then they'd like go into the woods with like a, a loaf of crusty bread and some cheese in a backpack. <laughs> and I would go into my yard with like stale bread and whatever yes. I could find in the fridge and just be like, this is it. This is the best. I, I mean, I, God, hearing myself talk sucks. No, <laughs> no, I was, that's wild because I was going to say I could not relate to that more. That's, that is so true to my experience yes. because I was super into Gary Paulson books. Oh, Hatchet? And yes, Ooh. yes, Hatchet I mean, and and I was super into these other books that Unji was familiar with. Uh, they were called, like, Frightful's Mountain and, like, My Side of the Mountain, the guy who had the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. Side of the Mountain Yeah, blew my mind. Yeah. When he's talking about... Uh, I was just talking to someone the other day about how um, when, like, food is written about in that kind of, like, young adult books... Mm-hmm. it I don't know why, but it was, like, the best part of the book for me. Yeah. Kind of, like... In Harry Potter, the best scenes are, like, when they have the feasts. But, like, My Son of Mountain, when he's making acorn pancakes and rabbit stew. Yes. I have never had either. But if someone was like, all we have tonight is acorn pancakes, I would be like, this is the best meal of my life. (laughs) Just, like, this little, oh, God. I remember being so sad at the end of that book. Spoiler alert, guys. If you Mm. haven't read it yet, tune out now. Um, at the end of that book when his family shows up with, like, right. two-by-fours and, like, tools. Yeah. It's just like, but you ruined but it. Let him live in a tree. He hollowed out the tree. He hollowed out a tree and trained a, a falcon. It's amazing. Or a hawk? It was a, a falcon. Oh, I think you're right. God. Yeah. Or maybe it's a red hawk. There's no way of ever uh, finding out. We'll never I know. also read the Animorphs books a lot. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
That, oh my God. Th- that's one of the ones I wrote fan fiction for. I did too. And I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I definitely I did wrote that with it, Animorphs books. And the, I don't remember the plot of the one I wrote, but I remember like painstakingly illustrating the little corn, the little bottom corner so you yes. could flip it and it would, Fuck, it would morph. Dude, that is dedication. Oh Every, oh God. I mean, truly one of the most tragic characters in literary history. Tobias. Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck as a, you want to talk Red about Red Tail Hawk. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Damn. That's like when I said that, about my side of the mountain, I was like, nah, pretty sure I'm just thinking of Tobias. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I it's think, safe to say I'm usually just thinking about Tobias. I think Frightful was a peregrine falcon, if I'm remembering okay. correctly. Okay, I'll have to look that up. I don't think I, that's like one of the few uh, series. Oh, boy. That I didn't get into. And then um, my brother was really big into Goosebumps. Mm. And the only, I hate scary stuff. Too scary. I always have. Too, way too scary to the point where I would like refuse to touch the books. Like, uh, I, like we are so simpatico like, on this. Yes, like I like. Yeah, they just creep me out. All the little dummies. The only one I read was uh, Camp Nowhere. Yes, because that one is that like one kind too. of sci-fi, and I was like, yeah. okay, this is fine. Like yeah. the Beast in the Woods is a robot. Like I can get on board with all this stuff, but like, ooh, I could tell you the cover of each of the scare. Like, stay out of the basement mm. with the hand <laughs> coming around. Ooh. There's there are God. definitely ones I could not see the cover of. They were all in my brother's room. Mm-hmm. There was a very small list uh, that I actually read. One was the thirteenth book is about werewolves, and I mm-hmm. love wolves, so I know I read that one. Yeah. Well, that's uh, just research. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just gotta <laughs> know. Uh, but otherwise, they were not my cup of tea. So no. we're we're like very. Uh, I want to say that I read A Wrinkle in Time when I was a kid, uh, but it I was like trying to get a plot synopsis back into my head. Do you want to to run it down? Nothing would make me happier. Uh, so basically, it's this story of this this girl named Meg Murray, and her da- her parents are scientists, and you learn very quickly that uh, her dad has been missing for like a year. <clears throat> and her mom is like, don't worry, he'll come back. And she's like, the mom is like kind of this badass. She's very cool. All the characters are very cool. Um, and so Meg has a little brother named Charles Wallace who's five. And he's like kind of like touched or like a savant or something. Like he's touched. got like, I don't know what the phrase Hilarious. or the term is, but he's like like next level. He's got the brain of like a fifty-year-old and the body of a five-year-old kind of thing. Right. He's a and a he can prodigy. Yes. Can you, maybe that's what. And he can like communicate and like you kind of learn like oh he can. It's like kind of like he's reading minds, but maybe it's just his intuition. Like right. Very very spooky that's stuff. So funny. And he befriends these three, uh, old women, Mrs. What's it, Mrs. Who's it, and Mrs. Witch, I think. I actually forget the name of the third witch. I think that's right. Yeah. But uh, basically they take these three witches come into the lives of the Murrays and, like, take the Meg and Charles Wallace and look out the heartthrob, Calvin. Wow. Calvin. Um, Calvin. uh, (laughs) On this, like, mystical, magical, sci-fi, or maybe it's fantasy. I honestly forget the difference between the two genres. But Honestly... Takes yeah, him on this adventure to find to in search of the dad, and it it is, I mean, it's so good. I've like I said, I've been rereading it because it's like 
short and easy and oh, it's great. I love but reading it, young it, adult books. Dude, it holds <laughs> up and like I mean that I can't wait for the movie and I think it it's like this is my equivalent of like the like when the Harry Potter movies came out and people were like if they're not as good as the books this is going to devastate a generation. Yeah. That's how I feel about Wrinkling Time. That said, I am not worried. Yeah. It looks so cool. The trailers look so cool. Yes. The cast The casting is, is awesome. Wild. Yes. The fact that they got Oprah to be in this movie is so cool. Yes. It I have to assume that has something to do with uh Ava DuVernay's like uh direction and like being involved in the project. Cause I would think that like Anyone would want to work with her at this point. She's like, she made Selma. She made Thirteenth, yes. and it's just like she seems like this very. She was the first uh, black woman to ever have a film nominated for best picture. Yeah, and that's and she should it's, have won. It's absurd that you know it took as long as it did, but it's just like once those things happen, those people got there for a reason, mm-hmm. and people absolutely. Are and should be jumping at the chance to yes. work with people like that. Yes. So it's very cool that that Disney like did some cool things with deciding the creative team yeah. for that yeah. for that movie. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. And like the lead seems really cool. <laughs> that like sweet girl. Yeah. Just like kind of a badass and a nerd at the same time. I mean, I honestly, like that's why I'm that's sure I was drawn to this like book it. as a kid because it was like. And I do remember reading it and thinking, not quite so, like, directly, but being like, oh, it's cool that, the, like, a girl is in this book. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, that's so important for kids, for everyone. That's, that's a, not a secret. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like hearing Unji say, like, yeah, because Anne of Green Gables was a writer, I realized that I could be. Mm-hmm. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that is so much to think about but that's why it's so important Mm -hmm. uh so they go wait they kind of like travel they through time i think it's called tesserecting right they like they because they they kind of talk about like time and space theories right and there's this little illustration in the book of an ant crawling along a, pe- a string, uh-huh. and they're trying to be like, well, this is, you know, point A and point B being the the two side, the two points that make this line, uh-huh. and the ant is getting from point A to point B. Uh-huh. But what if you kind of like inverted and flipped it so that he could, the ant could go like through it instead of across it? I mean, yeah, I'm not a scientist. I don't right. know if you know that about me, but <laughs> uh, but they like. I don't know. Well, I imagine. It, like, yeah, of course. It's real. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, I certainly haven't researched if it's not in the past twenty years of my life. Right. Um, but yeah, so they go through all these different like dimensions, kind of, and then, um, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. I recognize mm. the book has been sure. out for a while now. Yeah. But I really hope anyone listening to this goes out and and reads it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like a journey to find, to find the dad. Uh, I could honestly, I could do without Calvin only because it seems like he's just kind of there for like the heartthrob component, Love, interest. yeah, which is fine. But like Meg can handle it by herself. That's wonderful. But I, I don't know. I kind of do love Calvin too. So yeah, there's. I, I wish him well. Let's be honest. <laughs> Calvin, love the guy. Uh, that is 
great. I do think it's very funny that in the trailer for the upcoming adaptation, they try to put that description into it. The the ant across the string. Yes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, so if the ant could just do like this, and they just like put the two ends together. And it is a good, you know, if you want people in on the ground floor of the concept of that movie, what a great, you know, yes. description. Good job, Madeline. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was something similar in Stranger Things when they were talking oh, about the upside down and like maybe. the, the pl- like the plate or whatever that the teacher yes. kind of illustrates it similarly. Yes. I, I remember what you're talking about. I The thing I thought of for one reason or another was Interstellar. Which I have not seen. Okay. There's this thing, there's this concept in the movie that like <clears throat> the fourth dimension is actually gravity. And they uh, uh, use gravity to affect time basically is like I mean I believe you the dumbest most like watered down way that I can describe (laughs) it because the movie is pretty complicated where that uh concept is concerned um I mean it's it's Christopher Nolan so he's like trying to get you to think outside your brain a little the bun but um (laughs) yeah but it's cool it's good like there I like things about that movie even though there are parts of it that I thought were bad um but that you know the sci-fi stuff and like space is like that stuff's kind of always cool right (laughs) especially when it's like here's a tiny bite of it you don't have to think about it beyond this and then you can just like go back to the book yeah that's a good point it's just like yeah here's a little bit to make it so that you understand the world that these people are living and working in yeah. Ugh, uh, I love that book. <laughs> I do think there's something to be said for being able to really dig into the main character of a book like that. And, you know, whether it's hollowing out a tree to live in or <laughs> what's the main character's name? I was in My Side of the Mountain. No, sorry. Oh, and Meg Murray. Meg. Yeah. And she's kind of like in the I book, thought. she's kind of like this squirrely little bookish, like, uh, you know, character. And she's getting in all this trouble at school because, like, it's like her fucking dad is missing. And no one's, everyone's like, well, you still have to do your homework. Mm. Um, <laughs> so there's that element to it. That's so It's very funny. much like adults suck except for, like, the good ones. Is it kind of like subplot yes. or sub-theme? It's so funny that you say that because, honestly, that feels like it springs more memory of the book into my mind. Yes. Because it does feel like such a common theme. Yes. The mom is, like, really championed, and it's all the adults who I think as a reader you're supposed to really care about are the ones who believe the kids, which is so cool. Yeah. And, like, who, like, listen to the kids and are like, yeah, okay, go to the fourth dimension and, like, Man. good luck. And what a counter message to most of the things that you're kind of fed as a kid it's like respect your elders everything we say goes they got kidnapped by a computer and are living in a different time in a different planet (laughs) then what how do you do it I want to respect my dad but he's not here he's not here because he's being played by Chris Pine years I mean it's a there's a lot to unpack (laughs) Who knew that Wrinkle in Time was such a deep text? I I really think there is something to a lot of uh, a lot of young adult series in terms of 
the what the authors have to kind of try to imbue as themes and like lessons that you don't nece- you're not necessarily going to get. Obviously, there's a bunch of freaking you know dense, rich mm-hmm. adult novels, but not for me. They're not as <laughs> they're not as interested in like giving a kid an experience and yeah. a and a like something to to grow off of. I think that's why I loved Roald Dahl's book too. Roald Dahl's mm. books so much too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I loved. I already talked about Matilda. Yeah, loved that. BFG was like the book for me. I wrote. I read that book and then I wrote. My first piece of fan mail to Roald Dahl when I was probably like seven. Oh. And it was like I wrote – I mean in the book, every like all the best dreams are like fizz bangers and whiz bonkers and all this stuff. And I remember being like if your book was a dream, it would be a, like a golden fizz bonker whatever. And I wrote this like page-long handwritten letter. And at the end I was like, P.S., please tell Quentin Blake I really like his drawings and then I got this. I got a letter back. I was which, like praying that's dude, where this story was going. I just I was sent pretty it. Pretty like, sure it would. I sent it to the publishers. Though I mean, this is the first time I'm having this thought. There's a chance that it was just my parents like writing a letter back. Oh. But I don't. I don't want to think. I want to believe it was the publishing house. Sure. And the note said, um, "We're so sorry to inform you that Roald Dahl actually died like years ago," which was my first like encounter with. Death yeah, as you a were concept, seven ish. I think. I mean, yeah. around that age, and like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was very lucky. No one in my family, like, I hadn't had to kind of be fish conceptualize death at all. And I just remember being like, "What the fuck?" Like, man, that is crazy. That is so. And, but then they were like, "P.S. We'll tell Quentin Blake you liked his drawings." So oh, I hope they did. <laughs> that is so sweet. It is really sweet. And also at the time, like looking back, to me, it's so. Like, let's just assume it was actually the publishing house. Sure. And it's like, that's crazy that they, like, Penguin or whoever it was, yes. like, took the time to write back. But at the time, I was like, well, that's how mail works. Like, that's uh. just, like, why wouldn't they write back? Yeah, you send something and you, you get, get something a res- back. You ask some yeah. well-crafted questions. <laughs> you get a response. <laughs> oh, I didn't even, like, fathom that he was probably already passed Oh, away. for sure. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, he was dead. Uh, books held up, though. But yeah, no, I I loved those books. And then his. Have you ever read any of his like adult stories? No, they are fucked and dark. He was twisted and like kind of a bad me. guy. I think, or I know I've he was heard, like a raging anti-Semite. Yeah, like, not I've a. Heard that I mean, too. Oof, not a good guy. But or not, but he was not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> not a good guy. Gave a lot of kids a lot of books to enjoy. Yes, but. But still not the best guy. But does that redeem him? That's no. a question that we're going to keep asking and ourselves. thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> uh, but he wrote, there's like one of his adult stories is about this woman who bludgeons her. He's like all these short stories. She bludgeons her husband and puts his body in the lamb roast. And then when the cops come over, she feeds them his body. <laughs> Wow. This from the man that gave us the BFG. I mean, the writing is kind of on the wall with his weird shit. Yeah. You know, like James and the Giant Peach. Isn't that him? Like, you know, great book, great adaptation, weird, weird, scary 
scary yes. shit. Dude, the Trunchbull in Matilda? Yes. The locker where she locks kids that's like God. a torture chamber? Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I feel like there was a time in my life when I like thought about Matilda and about how fucked up it was. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a story of abuse and neglect. Yeah. With a girl who happens to be highly literate and yeah. can control things with her mind. After I read that book, I remember sitting on, you know those, um, I was on the bus, and you know those, did you ever have the brain quest things? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. You could, like, flip through, and And it was, like, kind of trivia. Yeah, they were, like, a foot long and a couple inches wide. Yep. Yep. I had one of those. I had the orange pack, (laughs) and I had it with me on the bus. I was obviously sitting alone. And I, I put it next to me on the seat. And I just stared at it and, like, tried to get it to move yes. with my mind. <laughs> yes. Turns out it did not. Oh, <laughs> but God. God, that book, God, book got into my brain, man. When you eat baby carrots, do you think, God, if I could just fling this if across the room with my mind. Room. Yes. Another, this is really uh, unleashing a lot. I also got super into Harriet the Spy. Yes. I loved that book. I loved that movie too. Yes. And that Rosie. Amazing. Yes. That book launched for me a phase in my life when I was like very into being a spy. And I had like an alias. I would like, I had like spy logs and journals. I would like spy on my brothers around the house and then like type up my notes and save them in in, uh, webdings or wingdings. Yeah, yeah, wingdings. Yeah, yeah. So it was a secret. You could, like, oh obviously, it's like you God. highlight it and change it back. Hilarious. And then I would save it on a, a floppy disk, and I would hide the floppy disk. And all the notes were like, Mike, watching the Weather Channel, chance of rain. Like, all this, like, bullshit. Hilarious. But I, my alias was Dustin Hoffman. Dustin I Hoffman. Couldn't tell you why. I man, whatever. That's a really good alias. It no is. one would ever expect or care. You yeah. hear the name Dustin Hoffman now, and you're like, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> but Dustin I, Hoffman. man, I got so into that spy phase of my life. <laughs> I had a blast. Man, that is the path I could have followed if my vision, if I had 2020 vision, and I don't, and so I can never be a spy. It's that classic Little Miss Sunshine conundrum. Classic. Yeah, exactly. If you're colorblind, you can't be a fighter pilot. No. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think that it's interesting, and maybe you can kind of speak to this. So many of these stories, and, and a lot of fiction, but I think it's specifically sci fi and fantasy, even more so, are focused around the loss of a parent or trying to figure out who a parent is. Mm. I don't know if it's just because as kids, it's just like one of the most visceral things that you can have. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, you know, I mentioned Interstellar. That's what that whole movie's about. Yeah. Is uh, a dad trying to get back to his daughter and vice versa. And that's what this whole book is. And it just... I've been reading or uh, listening to rather because that's the person I am. You're a, perfect. A book <laughs> called The Goldfinch. Oh, Donna Tart. Yeah. Ooh, that book will fuck you up, man. It's. I'm I read like, that book on a cruise ship for four really? months. Yeah, that book was like. There's some parts of that book that are heavy. Yeah, and I've, sad. I've cried listening mm-hmm. to it, and I've 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 listened to the first third. If you're unfamiliar. 
This kid loses his mother at the very beginning of the book. Yeah, it's like the first it's, couple pages. It's like the opening scene is the day that his mother dies. Yeah. Uh, and I did not know that going in. So I was like, woof. Yeah. Uh, and, and the whole rest of it is, it gets very grittily into his grieving process. Yeah. And, and like, and he's essentially uh, at the time orphaned because his dad at the beginning of the novel has like abandoned his family yeah. for a year or so. So he like has to live with a friend's family and it's just devastating. Oh God, yeah. And that book too, at least what I remember feeling when reading it was just like, oh, the, like with kids books and with a lot of books, because I agree, it's like, yeah, this this narrative of like a missing parent Mm-hmm. In some capacity, whether they're, like, literally missing or they've died or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or both. Or yeah. Truly or both. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, like, one side of that narrative, there's, like, this hopefulness and this, like, well, I'm either going to, like, overcome this grief and it's – or, you know, and be empowered by that and, like, honor this memory and all these things or I'm going to find them. Well, you know, there's there's this, like – there's this hope quality to it. But For in sure. The Goldfinch – and I think the kind of like books that skew older with that yeah. plot twist, uh-huh. it's just like brutally depressive. It really and is. And like, I don't know where you are in the book. I know you said about a third, he so I don't ruin anything. But like, just moved to Vegas. Okay, I was just so, gonna say yep. the part that just chunk where he is in Vegas to me like really was fucking brutal. It's very it's like, it's depressing. So, yes, and the way it's written is just like. God, this, it's so lonely. The book yeah. is so lonely. Yes. And, I mean. Every once in a while. Oh, I'm it, like getting like yeah, flustered it, remembering that fucking yeah. book. Yeah, every, he's, every once in a while, because it's written from the main character's perspective, as I would think probably a lot of these are, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for this like genre. He'll just say something to the effect of, and then I added it to the list of the things that I couldn't wait to tell my mom. And I was yeah. just like, uh, good God. Yeah. It's yeah. just brutal. It is really brutal. It, it, I don't know exactly why, but reminded me of I binge watched Breaking Bad. Mm. And there was, I forget kind of what season it was because I watched all of them like almost. Back to back to back. Back yeah. to back. <laughs> Nothing gets you through a breakup faster. Let me tell hey you By faster, I mean... M- more brutally. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, but <laughs> not exactly I, feel good material. Not, you know, it turns out it was not. <laughs> uh, but but I, I, from that, just like that show made me feel so lonesome. Like, and and I don't know what the connection is, but in the same way that the Goldfinch did, just like, oh, this character is kind of like unredeemable and by himself and driven by this. Uh, like this self-isolating yeah. thing and this like the anxiety of like the secrets he's keeping and all those yeah. things just made me be like, man, that guy is al- truly alone in the world. And that's so scary. Yeah, I do think that is the main crux of that show mm-hmm. is like human nature and loneliness and 
you know, what uh, depravity and, 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 and yeah. greed and all these things. And uh, it's so good. So that it's that truly one of the best <laughs> shows of all time. Like absolutely one of the best shows of yeah. all time. Uh, there's no question in my mind. Yeah. Uh, like maybe the best show I've ever seen yeah. <laughs> overall. <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 I've I've really been enjoying the Goldfinch, but it's yeah, I'll just be listening to it while I'm like biking or 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 commuting or whatever it is, and I'll just be like <laughs> Like, it's a certain part. I mean, that's the other thing from what I recall, and this is not a spoiler, it's like there are no moments of levity. It's it's very rare. It's kind of just like, oof, this, oh, God, yeah, I guess it it does suck. That sucks. The whole thing, the whole feeling. Have you read um, All the Light We Cannot See? No. I'll write it down. I highly recommend it is this story about... Um, You're the second or third person who's recommended it to me. Dude, it's so great. Then you you know what it's about, but it's uh, it's another book that is so just <laughs> gut-wrenching and mm-hmm. tragic. And, like, it's about... It, like, focuses on, like, World War II and, like, the Holocaust. And so you, it's oh, like, you know... God. We know that's not going to be a happy <laughs> book. This ain't going to... But the writing, I mean, the writing is, the writing is so amazing and it's like, it's so character driven and the the stories of these characters are just like so, it focuses on this father-daughter relationship. Again, Again. the father, Lee, I mean, yeah, there really is, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like getting older and, and, you know, starting to feel like Having lived away from my parents for over a decade now, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, yeah, and, like, everyone's getting older, and we're also, like, mammals. I think that's part of it. Yeah. There's a big part of our dumb mammal brain committed to, like, safety and ownership and, yes. like, place. And I think that that's it, – whether it's, like, Matilda has no authority figure that is, like, nurturing and loving, but, like, yeah. she craves that. Or, like, oh, yeah, the goldfinch will fuck you up because the <laughs> mom dies. Yeah, I think it's the same feeling. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like there's stuff in these stories that is not the way that you want to think about your parents. Like this kid in the goldfinch is always talking about how beautiful his mother was, and I'm just like, ugh, yawn. <laughs> like she sounds cool in other ways, kid. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you say because in A Wrinkle in Time, one of the things Calvin says is like, your mom is so gorgeous. And I was like, man, fuck off, Calvin. Isn't that like Fucking... so frustrating? That and She's also a scientist. And these are two women. That's Donna Tartt and Madeline Lingle. Yeah. I don't know how to say L- her name. Longo. I, I, I'm not, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not French we'll and can't Madeline. speak it. Madeline, this is two women writing about other like strong, smart women in that way. And it's just like interesting that and I guess you know you can make the argument that like they're young men that's like the way that they would they, lens like, the world yeah. right right yeah. Uh, but still it's just a little uh, feather ruffling yes. yeah. <laughs> is there other stuff in A Wrinkle in Time that you really kind of keep finding yourself coming back to certain characters or passages that you think uh keep kind of echoing through why you love this book so much i have i mean i think 
the like little I have three brothers mm. and the little brother like sister relationship is like very sweet to me and it gets like kind of like twisted and that like Charles Wallace gets like kind of co-opted by the bad guy and like taken right. in and there's this like like the sister has to like protect the brother but the brother's kind of like protecting her and like you know there's I, multi-tiered yeah. like siblingly relationship and I mean I have to imagine that Again, like you like reading, you like seeing yourself in yes. in these characters, and it's like, oh, I'm a girl who loves books and loves my brothers, and this is a that's what this is yeah. about. I'm like, I'm Meg too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's like a sweet element. Mm-hmm. But truly, I I really think the biggest thing is just like, it's such a, it's such a like whimsical, fun, cool book. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Have you read the other ones? The, I read the, of the quintet. I know I read a swiftly tilting planet. I couldn't tell you what it's about, <laughs> and I don't even know the title. I I know that I've read the others, but uh-huh. I have n- no idea what they are. The title of the second one sounded familiar to me. Is that a swiftly tilting Maybe? planet? I I want to say. It- I want to say it was something else, but uh, I'm not going to remember either. But the title of the second one sounded familiar, but I don't, I definitely know I didn't read all five. It just like wasn't my series. I got like very into like knowing that there, I had read this one thing and loved it. I was like, oh my God, and there's more. So I I devoured that. Yeah, I I was the same way. And I think that, I think Wrinkle in Time just like wasn't the thing that that got me. That's fair. It's not for for everyone, but I am here to convince you to read it. I want to, honestly. I looked it up at the library and all the hold lists were insane. (laughs) I have a copy. Oh. I'll just lend it to you. I would love that. And it's my childhood copy, so I guarantee they're like little, like, little markups. (laughs) Little important passages are underlined. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's super sweet. Uh, it is. It's really funny to think about books like that because this. I felt the same way about Anne of Green Gables. That when I was younger, I don't think I had a concept of of them being a part of a series. Mm-hmm. And then, but for you and and for Anji, uh, it was incredible that it was part of a series oh that my you could God, like dip yeah. back in there. It was like free refills, you know, like <laughs> you, like. I my uncle Paul for Christmas one year or maybe it was my birthday got me like five of them oh. and I I remember opening this box and just being like ah oh, I know what I'm doing for the next like yeah. five days is doing nothing but like reading yeah reading these things yeah my grandmother and you get sad. sorry no I was just you get sad like when you get so into a book or like a movie or a TV like anything you get invested and there is like this sadness of it's like. It's not quite like when a pet died. You know, it's just mm. like, how do you mourn this thing that was never yours? But like, it's like, but what are you they can't. doing now? And that's why fan fiction exists. Ah, <laughs> yes. Because you invented. It's like, that's why everyone's like, the good place and Parks and Rec are in the same universe. Yes. And we're so excited because Parks and Rec is gone and we need we something. We needed a filler. Yeah. 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 Truly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I, I just keep seeing that headline like across the internet and I think it's probably just because I love Parks and Rec so all of my like algorithms point me to it Uh, but I'm just like this is so funny and such an internet thing to do is to talk about ways that a thing that doesn't 
exist anymore is still around. Still has a pulse somewhere (laughs) in the back back lot of that set. Right. Because, like, everybody just, you know, wishes they could dip back into Pawnee. Yes. Uh, it It is funny. I love the idea that it's like free refill it is oh man that that beverage was delicious think i'll go get I'll have more. five more i, I was... mean that's living especially as a kid i remember being a kid and being like you know my mom would take us all to uh applebee's on thursday nights not every thursday but we'd go and we'd they had like trivia, like mm. but it was kind of like a Game Gear yeah. thing. You could like plug into the TV or whatever, uh-huh. and we'd sit and. I mean, I have to imagine it was just an economical way to feed four kids. Sure, because th- you can each eat for two ninety nine or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but in my, I- I'm sure it was a difficult time in my mom's life because you know my parents were going through a divorce and like all this stuff. But for me, I was like, this fucking rules. This like. Is <laughs> Best. I would, can't admit. Um, yeah. I keep getting cokes. We would go I'm to Applebee's. Game. I'd get like you know some bullshit version of queso. Yeah. <laughs> play, my brothers and I would play trivia, and we'd just drink Shirley Temples until we went insane. That's so funny. And yeah. I again, I remember that time in my life so fondly, which is hilarious because I'm sure it was like very like bad, miserable for parents. <laughs> yeah. But that is, that's kind of a testament to the other stuff, too, is that all these stories focus on kids who are trying to find their parents or relate to their parents mm-hmm. or mourn their parents or whatever it is. And I think it it goes hand in hand with your thought process as a kid of just like, at least for me, you know, I can't speak for everyone, of just like kind of blindly looking up to your parents and, yeah. and loving them because of everything yeah. that you do, they do for you. I, I also think... As a kid, it's like the that's the I mean, and I do think this continues to be true as an adult. It just looks a little different. But as a kid, like that is the the biggest stake or, you know, the highest that that is the most important thing in your life for your parents. Right. And the concept of your parents, both like in terms of, you know, it's like, oh, they love and nurture you and raise you. But also it's like they feed you and clothe you and like help you with your home, like microcosmically all of the needs that you still have as an adult but can kind of seek out when you're an adult, your parents are, like, providing it. Yes. And also it's, like, your concept of authority and your concept of all that shit comes from yeah. whatever involvement your parents do or don't have. And so it makes sense to me that so many of those books are, like, oh, that's the loss of that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, seeking that idea out again. I mean, even, you know, I'm kind of racking my brain for things that I other things that I loved as a kid and it's like if we're talking about Animorphs and Harry Potter it's like those series couldn't have been more focused around the parents of the kids what is it in Animorphs are all those kids orphans no they Marco's mom is a very high-ranking, a little bit of a spoiler alert for the Animorph (laughs) series. Marco's mom, who he thinks is dead, is a, like, high-ranking villain in the, like, Yerk structure. Yes, 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 yes. And then Jake's brother is also... uh, They're called controllers. (laughs) I mean, I get it. You get it. We're Uh, talking the same language here. so, So that is kind of... Uh, they all come from different uh, backgrounds. Like 
Tobias is the one who got stuck because oh, he was God. the one who like didn't really have a good family anyway. And he you stayed know? for too long. Yeah. And it but like the central the the Marco storyline is the most probably the most devastating part of those books. Because that's it, betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 he just has to to come to terms with the fact that like one of their biggest enemy one of the biggest enemies of the world <laughs> is his mom. And also that feeling of knowing that your mom is trying to fuck you over. Yeah. It's wild. That will mess a kid up. Yeah. Oh man, remember that the one where they get they are their aunts? Yes. And then someone's Truly. in the shower and they still have like a little aunt. Ooh. That one that one got to me at some like levels. I hate ants. Yeah. I have like a genuine kind of fear and, and discomfort surrounding them. Do you think it's because of the animorphs book? Absolutely I think <laughs> it is. There is no doubt in my mind. For sure. I can point directly to where that fear and discomfort <laughs> comes from. And it's and that it is fucking that book. book. Yeah. They man. they're one of them almost cuts the other one in half. I know. <laughs> oh God. And just like claustrophobic and like yes. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I've never been able, and like, what a way to really, you know, transform a reader than by... Terrifying them? Forcing them to go like, what if you tore your friend in half and you're all trapped (laughs) in tunnels and couldn't get out? (laughs) Here's a question. What if you tore your friend in half? Think about that. But then your payment smoke it, said K.A., uh, oh God! Um, K. A. Applegate. Applegate. That is not a real name. No, it's not. That's a pen name, and that I'm, was a mistake. Yeah, that person should have been loud and proud about their series. Yeah, yeah. I have a dream in which there's like Animorphs, the college years, and it's like just oh, Disney golly. picks it up, and there's a series. What I wouldn't give. There's been a movie greenlit for a, a young a. a College-aged Animorphs? No, 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 no. Just like uh, an Animorphs movie. I'd watch that. Absolutely. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think it's gotten far enough in the process for it to even have, like, casting or yeah. or, or directors attached so to it So there stuff. is an opportunity, is what you're telling me. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you're listening, keep your ear to the ground. Uh, yes. Send us casting <laughs> please, and writing calls. Please. <laughs> Grossman and Jack, if you're out there. <laughs> Put me on the list, please. I'm ill-suited for every main character, but there's got to be somewhere in there for me. Oh, yeah. I'll be the one that gets stuck that no one cares about. <laughs> like, Tobias and I will go into it together. He will get stuck. I will get stuck. And I will immediately get eaten by a fox. <laughs> so swiftly that it's not even worth emotionally investing. <laughs> You're just the one who sets up the stakes. Yeah. And then is instantly forgotten about. <laughs> I'd kill for that. I yes. And that would be a role of a lifetime for me. <laughs> is there a character in the world of A Wrinkle in Time Ugh. that you would dip into? Like to play in a in a adaptation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean Meg fucking rules. Yeah. I uh, figured it had to be Meg. Meg rules. Also, I think playing one of the the witch women would be so fun. I'm yeah. so excited for that casting, like we've talked about. If you're unfamiliar, Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, and Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> Did you hear those three names? Oprah. <laughs> and hearing Reese Witherspoon introduce Oprah at the Golden Globes and like talking about working with her, 
you know, it's like, you know, you're about to listen to Oprah talk and you still start to get emotional because of the way that Reese Witherspoon was talking about her. Dude, I was at, um, ages ago, a friend of mine was working on the the Rosie O'Donnell show, which was in the same studio or something as it was at Harpo here in Chicago. Right, right. Yeah. I got to go to a taping and it was like fun and, you know, whatever. It was fun. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, and at some point in the taping, Rosie was like, and we have a little surprise for you. And Oprah walked out. <gasps> okay. Oprah walked out looking like fucking powerful and amazing and like like Oprah. The best part was the room went insane. I literally was like, that room would have exploded. Everybody lost their damn minds. <laughs> Oprah comes out, stands there for maybe... Five seconds and then leaves oh. without saying anything. And everyone was like, that was the most important part of my life. <laughs> like, it was as if she came out. The reaction was as if she came out, solved the world's problems, which she honestly is on her I way was going to gonna say, yeah, yeah. And then left. But instead, she just came out, kind Looked of nodded, everyone. and then left. And everyone was just ravaged by, like... Yeah. Her presence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was unreal. And I went insane. Honestly, it's like Oprah's fucking rad. I don't, if you were like, do you want to meet Oprah or like, I don't know, Madeline Lango, I'd be like, Madeline. Yeah, sure, sure. I was like, man, this is like, this woman is a magnet for for people going insane. Yeah. In the best way. That's how I feel too, is like, I understand her. Actually, you know, I don't think I can even say that. Like, I can't begin to understand how, no. like, important and, no. uh, like, astronomical she is. No. But I, I agree with you that, like, it's never been on a personal level that I've been able to really understand that. Uh, but with that said, yeah, if I had seen her in person, yeah, I'd, I'd lose my mind. It was like if, a, if you're in a museum and a, a statue winked at you. You know, just like this, like true work of beauty, and God, maybe I do love Oprah. I don't know. I think uh, everyone does. Yeah, I if gotta, you don't like, I gotta figure fuck this out. you if you don't like <laughs> Oprah. What's wrong with you yeah. as a person if you don't? I'm just jealous. Uh, but I, to me, it's like even just having a person like that on your movie set and being that important a part of your film would affect the entire atmosphere yeah i mean i don't know how like from an acting perspective which i don't have uh uh, like if i were like mindy kaling who in my book is like like she's amazing you know great i've read both of her books yeah i've watched i I watched every episode of the office a few of the mindy project like Yeah. yeah she rules and like she's great i just wonder what it would be like to be like, okay, and your scene partner is Oprah. So whenever you're ready, and I'd just be like, all of my lines would be like, you're Oprah, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motivation for this scene is that I'm not Oprah. And it never, seems ever, ever like be. it would be impossible. It seems like an impossible task. I bet she's like, could not be more professional. Of course she is. Of course. You know that like... Storm, the name of the the lead in the film is Storm something, uh, the the young woman who plays Meg. But you know that they're like... Dude, can you imagine? 
she will just never forget. Of course not. She will never not be affected by that experience. Yeah. Ugh. And and it is like sometimes I'll think about stuff like that and just get emotional, like <laughs> for that kid, you know, like that's like the just impact like, of of this young girl meeting someone like Oprah yeah. and knowing that that person exists in the world. Uh huh. That's yeah. yeah. That's what kind of person I am. Is that I'll just be like. Man, Storm Dude, is... that's why you tear up when you think about oh. NG reading Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Being like, I could be a writer. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, uh... God, I can't wait for this movie. I know! Oh, that's really all this is, is just, like, <laughs> an extended trailer. Preview. Yeah. <laughs> Two morons get excited. <laughs> Go see the movie. <laughs> I anticipated that a little coming into this, uh, of just being, uh, knowing that the movie was coming out, soon and that the trailer looks so crazy good and the cast is insane and unfathomable and uh yeah just knowing that oprah's presence permeated (laughs) everything that went on on that set is so lovely to think about and and i'm just so glad that things like that are are being made with such care and i hope it's good i hope it's good i mean as is no surprise I will be devastated. <laughs> but I also think I have such, like, I think it would really have to, like, they would really have to fuck it up for mm. me not to just love it. Yes. And I don't think, as we've both spent 40 minutes saying, there's no way that that's possible. Right, yeah. It's funny how there are some projects that are like that for as on a personal level. It's just like, I can acknowledge that this thing may not be objectively good, but God, do I love it. Yes. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried. I, I'm i really, I think there's going to be stuff to love about it regardless. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. We're going to go together. We're going to have a great time. We're going to fucking weep. Yes. It's going to be a cool day. Yeah, I get a little, uh, you know, emotional just seeing the trailer and how, like, grand it is and, like, costuming oh dude i can't how weird everybody looks and (laughs) yeah it's i'm pumped i just love movies (laughs) then you're gonna have a good time at this one you know i'm gonna go on a limb (laughs) i love movies call me crazy but is there anything that you feel like you would be remiss to not speak to where a wrinkle in time is concerned or anything else kind of involved in uh, nostalgia and like specifically literary uh, experiences that you kind of feel yourself coming back to? I do think, and maybe, I don't know if this is an answer to your question, but mm-hmm. like if I ever have kids, I hope they love to read. Mm. That said, if they don't, they will be my children and I'll be like, I will probably <laughs> think they're really cool anyway. But like, I just think of how thankful I am that I like. No one had to, like, force me to read. Yeah. I just really loved it. And yeah. it was such, like, a a savior and, like, a just such an important thing in my brain and in my, like, being a kid and currently mm-hmm. that I hope that it's just something that, like, my kids are just into naturally. Yeah. But that- otherwise I'll fucking force feed them books and they'll just have to deal with it. So... <laughs> Hilarious. Mother of the year. I was literally, though, going to say, I think that with your influence and <laughs> I mean, we've been we spent a lot of time talking about like how important a 
parent is to yeah. a kid and how I, I remember much... my parents reading to me too which I think is same important. yeah it's like I remember my parents reading to me and them being big readers yeah. and my brother being a big reader absolutely all of that influenced me yeah my dad would read us um the Narnia books and those were like, mm. I mean that's like a whole nother 10 hours yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe that never creeped in here yet. Yeah. Dude, I loved those books. I reread a couple of them, and they're great and, like, totally hold up in the same way that I think it's, like, buoyed by this nostalgia, but also they're just, like, really good. And, like, oh, if this will make you cry. There's this really beautiful dedication Ugh. by C.S. Lewis to Lucy, who I think was his goddaughter. Mm. Um, And he was like, it's worth reading verbatim, but it was basically like, uh, I started these books for you when you were a little girl. Uh, I'm giving them to you now because uh, little girls grow up faster than books do. And oh. it was just like, oh. And it was just this like, te- this, like, tes- this like sweet testament about like, here's like a piece of your like beautiful childhood wonder that like I want you to always have and like look back on and read and like, I mean, it was really oh, beautiful. That said, I, as I'm as I'm saying it, I'm like, I think C.S. Lewis was kind of a creep. Like, Probably there's some also element weird. There's yeah. something I forget learning about him that I chose to forget because I needed to. <sighs> um, yeah, but those it's... books are rad. And just to the point that, like, my dad read us those as kids, and and he read them when he was a kid, and I think that that's like a really cool thing. And my dad has always been like so. Like, I hate the word whimsical, but I've used it twice now. But, like, like he would be the first person to, like, latch on to the kind of, like, fairy tale lore of those books. And just, like, encouraged that so much in us as kids. And I think I probably responded to it most just because I was, like, hardwired to. Yeah. But, like, we would – like, I remember – and I'm sure it was sometime when I was reading, you know, one of the Narnia books or, like, one of those, like, Oz books, like, these, like, adventure books. Yeah. These kind of, like, fantastical adventure books. And we were walking through this, like, big field by my old house, and we found a little – there's, like, a little cocktail sword, like, you put in, like, a martini. Um, and my dad was like, oh. It was a it was a battlefield in Princeton where, like, a, a battle had taken place, like, Hilarious. in the war. And so my dad was like, oh oh, my God. And I was like, what? He was like, it's General Mousington's sword. And started this whole, like, oh. like world for me where, like, this, like, mouse battle had, like, raged and, like... and that and I'm so sweet. It's so sweet. And I'm sure there are 100,000 more examples of my dad doing that and just kind of really, like... I mean, I think that it's just such a gift to give a kid to be, like, I am an adult, like, like giving you these tools to believe in this yeah, in this stuff and like it's activating okay. that part of your brain and I mean I I just think you know if you want to talk about like why I I am pursuing like a creative career it's like oh yeah because when I was little my dad and I were like fucking freaks about it and like <laughs> would like That's like so make this sweet. stuff up and yeah it was I mean it's something like I said I do think that's such a gift to give a kid. It's just, like, validating that and, like, kind of sparking that in their brains. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. In that oh, God. My dad. I love my dad. That is 
so so sweet what a like nice thing to have and remember uh, so specifically and like it still is such a like he's just so silly and like but so smart too and uh and like his parents are the same way my my grandmother who passed away recently but was like the biggest advocate of like we would go to their house my grandparents house as kids and we would just sit and read with them for like yeah like every night they would read us a story my grandpa would read us from this book of Greek myths, which oh, I cool. still love. I love Greek myths. Yeah, and I got like, so into mythology. Yes, and and just like that time, I, you know, at the time it never occurred to me that like this was not unusual, but like what a privilege and like how lucky I am to have yeah people in my life that have this time to commit to this thing and, yeah. and care about it. But uh, it's just so sweet. And like my dad, is still the exact same way, and I have a cousin who's nine, and he's, like, got her hooked on these, um, this British series that's pretty old. I think the series or the book I'm remembering is called Half Magic. Mm. They're wonderful. They're so good. Um, and the exact same thing, like, these kids are, like, kind of without a parent figure and, like, discover in the attic, like, this chess set that comes along, you know, and this, yeah. they get sucked into this world where they have to cool. help the pe- the. F- people in it or whatever but my yeah, dad got my I'll read it yeah <laughs> but my dad got my little cousin hooked on it and which is awesome and, yeah it's but great. to hear him talk about like you can just tell he's so excited that like he has he someone to it. give these yeah. books to and oh it's really cool it's yeah. really cool I mean my grandmother gave me the first three Harry Potter Potter books all at once for Christmas and I was like whoa, these look great. I, I can't believe I have three already. Yeah. This is amazing. And I like screamed through them. And when the fourth one was coming out, we were actually traveling to go see my grandparents and to go on a vacation with them. And I was really sad because I didn't think I was going to get the fourth book before we went on vacation. And we got to my grandma's house Uh, or my grandma and grandpa's house in Washington, and she was like, oh, this package came for you. And I was like, what? Sneaky grandparents are the best kind. I I was, I think I cried. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure I cried. And I was only like 13, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't have been happier. I couldn't wait. It still remains my favorite book of the series. Of course. And I carried it around with me everywhere on the vacation. Yes. Like all of our pictures from that vacation are me oh in like God. a wolf t-shirt carrying this like Fuck. brick yes. of a Harry Potter book. God. <laughs> yes. I mean, that is, oh, we are all that yeah. girl. That, that that was me. And like, it's like you said, I, I'm so grateful that my grandparents and my parents were all so encouraging of that, that no one was like, what do you fucking doing yeah put like that big put book that book down, down and yeah. go, like, go to the beach yeah. yeah yeah no they were all like oh man this uh, like mary jean thank you for getting that book for mary beth you know like that's cute that's what it was and and i still to this day you know i just recently rewatched all the harry potter movies on hbo and it's like my grandparents gave me harry potter like yeah. they did they that's i have that because they introduced it to you me you know it's funny you should say that because my dad I remember that was one of the last books he like read out loud to me oh. and my brother and we my little brother and we like started the first one 
And he, like, you know, my dad, like, he's such a character. Like, he... Got it. Like, do, like does all the voices. Yes, and, like, his dad is British, so he can, like, play oh, with all these... And, like, it's just... No way! It was so... It was set up for such success. Right. And for some reason, and to no one's fault, I think it's just, like, we kind of... I don't know. We, like, went back to my mom's for the week, and then the next weekend, like, we didn't... We, like, went to the park instead or something. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, I didn't read Harry Potter until, like, last year. And I, my cast because and I were... just, like, wanted to listen to your dad Maybe, to like, you. subconsciously, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, Therapists yeah. would have a field day with it. But it's All like, right, right. I don't know, my dad started it, and it was good. But I think also at that time, I was already hooked on, like, Narnia and, uh, like, right. everything else we've talked you about. You didn't need... That I didn't feel this, like, need for it. Yeah. Like, viscerally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my cast and I were going to... We were in Orlando, and we went to the Wizarding <gasps> World of Harry Potter, which was straight up one of the <laughs> best days of my adult I really life. I really think I would cry it w- so much. I equate it to if there was like a Narnia world. Like it was so I mean, I hate s- saying this cuz it's like it's a corporate park. Oh, yeah, they're but just like, trying to make money, yeah. We went, you know, it's we were a group of like 28 to 30 something year olds and it was just like one and I didn't know this because I'd only read two of the books at this point. Mm. But, like, every detail is so thoughtful mm-hmm. and so cool. And it was so fun. But also, like, just this haven for people, like, for freaks in the best way. It was like, <laughs> yes! there's, like, adults yes. in capes and, like, four-year-olds with, like, scarred <laughs> lightning bolts on. Like, just this, this, this like, mashup of freaks. We're just in a place that is, like, to celebrate. Yeah. It was so cool. And then yeah. also, Cass and I were talking about how, like, it's insane that, like, this whole— You're, like, standing in the middle of this world that has been literally built from this woman's brain. Yeah. Was so cool. And I, Wild. I, I do think it's the—I imagine it is the kind of feeling people had about Disney originally. Mm. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Disney World yeah. is the physical manifestation of, like— the brain of this guy. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. That's a really good point. Dude, but I mean, I keep I keep calling it Harry Potter world and Scott Nelson gets mad at me because it's the wizarding world of Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> that guy, a real Potter stickler. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that place is rad. I recommend going. I want to go. It's so fun. I just like got, <laughs> we also walked 12 miles that day oh, I around the park. It was exhausting. It was yeah. so tiring and we had like a show that night that was like, <laughs> Pointless. Right. I mean, that day was a bizarre, but that park is awesome. That's so lovely. Yeah. Jeff Murdoch drank like six butter beers, <laughs> and we, the rest of us, just drank regular beer. Put out <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> but he got like Matt. We were making fun of him for getting so many like, because butter beer is just sugar, yes, and water, right, and syrup, right. And Jeff was like, "Oh, sure, like, like." I'm like I'm getting ridiculed for drinking butter beers, but meanwhile my friends can't go one step without getting another beer. We're like, sorry, Jeff, you're right. Hilarious. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Fuck, I love that place. I, I go back in a heartbeat. I gotta go. You gotta go and go with like a bunch of freaks. Big Harry Potter. Go freaks. with like your freak pals. Yeah. In the I say that term in like the oh, best, uh, most, the sweetest way. I know exactly what you mean when you say that and it's only good things <laughs> it was really it was really special also like like going with like ryan asher who loves harry potter and seeing her like just love it was so 
like special. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. I. It's funny to talk about it. So it was such it sounds like so much sentimental silly. bullshit. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like an important place for a lot of people, and I get it. I, and it, I think it's an important place for me too now. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, I think all this kind of dovetails nicely into where I would like to land, which is how do you feel that A Wrinkle in Time may have kind of shaped you creatively and your life in general? Man, what a big question. Indeed. Um, You know, I think it's kind of, if I had to answer that, I'd say like it's kind of stuff we've touched on, but just like I just think it's so important to like normalize and validate like your behaviors as a kid and like truly a book where the protagonist is a girl where like she's like I said she's like kind of bookish and kind of a loser but like still like courageous and like brave and like careful like thoughtful and all this stuff like seeing that at the time I'm sure I wasn't like looking at it as directly but looking back it like does not surprise me that like oh yeah my favorite books are like that one like Matilda and I don't know literally any other book and Harriet the Spy like it it makes sense to me right um and also just loving like like I've also said loving to read connects so directly to me to like loving to write and you know you can get like big and abstract about it it's like oh I loved reading these books so the idea of like positioning myself in a career where I can, like, create worlds for myself and, you know, whatever. I think you can get as, like, uh, philosophical about it as you want. But Mm -hmm. uh, no part of it surprises me that I grew up, like, loving reading and thinking reading was, like, important to to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, of course I'm, like a writer who or like a comedian it's like of course I would go insane if I weren't trying to create something and I think that's true for like so many of our friends and so many of our pals like in this industry it's like oh yeah whether it was reading or like Dungeons and Dragons or like like I don't know like role-playing computer game like there's something in our brains that was just like I got to create and like really dive into this world and really like honor this world as like valid and real Mm -hmm. and I think it's all all, all in there. I think so, too. And sometimes I find myself kind of trying to dig into my, you know, origins where some of that stuff is concerned. And I just watched so much TV. And it's yeah. just the same thing. It's just like I loved taking in stories. And I don't think as a kid I ever fathomed that this is where I would land mm-hmm. with my you know, passions, but it's definitely it feels right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd for be better, for worse, a more I think miserable right. person without yeah. it. Yeah. Which is also, I, I should backtrack and like, I know plenty of people who like love to read and are very creative and like work in finance. And like, they're, you know, that is, that's a super, super good, <laughs> super point. normal thing too. Um, but yeah, I guess I keep saying this, but like none of, no part of my life, uh, surprises me when I think about how much I just fucking loved like nerding out in the backyard with a stale, stale piece of bread, bread and some like American cheese pretending I was like the patchwork girl's cousin. I love that so <laughs> much. 
Thank you so much oh my for God, talking this, to me. Thank you for listening to me scream about <laughs> children's books. Uh, I got to go day. write a book. <laughs> yeah. Get my life together. Yeah. Uh, this has been a joy. Truly. I have to read everything. A Wrinkle in Time. You, I have to read really everything. Do. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to bring it by. You're going to read it. Then we're going to go to the movie. Then we're going to cry and like get sushi or something. It's God, cool. what a great day. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm really glad we have a plan so cool. we can sign off knowing that yes. uh, it's not the end of this conversation. <laughs> Comment on this podcast if you're interested in joining. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Carly. You, I love you. you know, I mean, you're the best. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.